Do you ever feel like you just need to empty your brain? Let go of all the information you just acquired and process it? Hi you guys and welcome back to my podcast Brain Dump. Officially, this is a place where I'm going to be recapping what I've learned throughout the week from my college classes. It's something that will help me review what has been talked about in my classes, but it'll also allow me to relate what I've learned to life and how those things can be applied. Some weeks will focus more on one specific class, while others might highlight each class. Unofficially, it'll be a place where I can deposit tidbits of information that I find fascinating. I hope that these things are somehow able to help you, and if not, I just hope you enjoy listening. This week, for half of my classes, we are presenting some of our projects. So some of the content that I cover today will be discussing those projects, some of the design decisions I made, and why they're important. I'll also be covering a little bit of information about resumes that I learned in one of my English classes. For one of my digital technology classes, our assignment was to record and map data for our daily lives. Really quick, I'm curious. Do you say data or data? I know I sometimes use both interchangeably. Is there a correct way to pronounce it? Or is it based on preference? From what I've gathered, it seems that the difference occurs between the English or UK pronunciation and the US pronunciation. Anyways, going back to the project, it was really interesting for me to see what I spend my time doing because I don't tend to pay attention to that. Recording the information was harder than I thought because that required actively paying attention to what I was doing and when. While I thought that I did a good job of recording, looking back at my phone notes, they looked so long, what I actually looked back on the time I recorded versus what I left out, I didn't do so great. The thing that surprised me most when recording how I spent my time was my screen time. I didn't go and actively record it as I was on my phone, but I did utilize the screen time settings and I was able to look back over most of the week to see the overall time I spent on my phone, as well as the time I spent on various apps and categories. Typically, I know I spend more time on my phone than I'd like, but looking at the data was somewhat embarrassing. I spend more time on my phone than I'm comfortable with admitting, and I think this project was a great way to shine a light on that and hopefully increase my awareness of how I spend my time. Future and just currently, I hope that this will allow me to consciously pay attention to that a little bit more. This project also included creating graphs that correlated with pictures that I had to take relating to each subject. The subject areas that I recorded and looked at were time recorded and left out, percentage I spent driving and where, entertainment and screen time, meals, friends versus family time, sleep, and things relating to school. That included homework and time I spent in my classes. This was time-consuming and challenging because I had to envision what I wanted the graphs to look like ahead of time, but I ended up really liking the end results. My classmates and I worked in Photoshop to merge the images and graphs, so I was able to better familiarize myself with the program, as well as learn how to create new graphs. Let's just say I'm very thankful for copy and paste, as well as the ruler tool. If you don't know how to use them in Photoshop, I highly recommend looking it up. They're really simple, pretty quick. Some of them are even short keyboard shortcuts, so definitely utilize that. But in doing so, they were lifesavers and they became best friends for this project. As for color within the graphs, I looked up different color palettes that I felt would work with the pictures that I had taken, 
or I used the color dropper tool to color match the graph to the photo. Doing this helped tie the graph and the image together and create the cohesiveness that I wanted to achieve. Overall, mapping data was an eye-opening experience because it allowed me to envision data in a new way that, I pertain that pertained directly to my daily routine, so I could relate it more to me, as well as revealing or enhancing information that I didn't realize about myself. If you have the time or are curious about how you spend your time, I would highly recommend experimenting with a similar project to reveal some things you might not know about yourself. For the second digital technology class I have, our project was to cartoon ourselves. Now, I know this doesn't sound that complicated, and in my opinion, if you actually look at the process, it's not. It's just very time consuming. A lot of this depends on the detail that you want to put in, which includes shading, specific line work, and even color. We were instructed to take a picture of ourselves and then find a tutorial online to follow in order to cartoon ourselves. For this project, we used Illustrator, a program that I've used a few times before, but not enough to be proficient in it. I think this project was a really good way to help introduce the program without feeling overwhelmed, and overall it helped me become more familiar with the program. The first thing we had to do was find a picture to use. I ended up going and taking a picture of myself because I couldn't find any that I felt where I could cartoon easily. The shadows weren't quite right, the resolution was too low, or the picture was too far away seeing as I wanted a head or a bust shot to work with. The next thing we were asked to do was find a tutorial to follow. I ended up using one of the first tutorials that popped up, and it was very helpful to follow along with. While this project was one I probably could have figured out how to do without the tutorial, there were some shortcuts and tips along the way that made the process much easier. Along with that, it was helpful to have a reference that I could stop or slow down, making it easier to follow the steps the creator suggested. I used my laptop for this project, and because it has a touchscreen, I was able to take the pen I had and use it to draw or paint on the screen, which I found incredibly helpful. I could have used my mouse, in fact I've done so before, but being able to draw on the screen did seem to make the process a little easier, as well as go more quickly and a little bit smoother. Within the program, I used the layers tool and the paintbrush to create my line work. I then copied my line work to a separate layer to have a backup and added one more layer for my color. The fact that I copied the layer, you guys, is so important because you never know when you're gonna lose something you didn't wanna lose. <laughs> Regarding color, I did do that a little bit differently than the tutorial I was following by choosing to paint everything in rather than using a rectangle to color the whole subject. This was based on personal preference though, and following the tutorial would have worked as well. Reflecting on this project, I found that I really enjoyed the whole thing. Because I was mimicking drawing, the process felt very relaxing, even though it was time consuming. I really enjoyed cartooning myself, and I'm hoping to continue using these methods to create more content in the future. Uh, one other subject that I wanted to cover really quick was resumes, which was discussed in my English class. Resumes are incredibly important because employers can take one look and dismiss that said resume based not only on appearance, but some of the first words that you've typed. That's a little bit scary. <laughs> there are two types of resumes, a skills-based resume and a chronological resume. We didn't discuss chronological resumes as much, but from what I gather, the type, it's the type of resume is created based on the job you're applying for. So if people want to look at various jobs you've held 
in order of time, you'll use the chronological. For the most part, though, a skills-based resume is the type that is typically written and seen. One thing that I learned that surprised me is what you do and don't put on a resume. I have been listing every job I've held, institution I've attended, and volunteer activity that I could think of, but apparently this isn't always the case. I was told to try and keep your resume to one page, that's all that they want to look at sometimes, but if you have to go over, make sure it's at least a page and a half so the employer doesn't have to print an extra page just for three lines. Often, a resume is tailored specifically for the job that you're applying to. Essentially, this means that you might not include a job you held or a volunteer position that you've done unless you applied or learned skills from that area that pertain to the job that you want. This changed the way that I view resumes, you guys. Some other things that I noted, layout matters. Keep this in mind as you set up your resume. For the most part, education is listed at the top and then skills and so forth. But it depends on what kind of job you're applying for and what, you're, and what that job is looking at. Pay attention to the general requirements and skills listed in the job ad, and then consider those as you make or tailor your resume. This also goes for references, past job experience, and skills. One thing I might recommend is doing an actual job ad analysis before you create your resume. This not only helps you figure out what the job you're applying for is looking for and looking at, but may help you figure out your format and how you structure your resume as well. In conclusion, the way you set up your resume as well as the information you include will depend on the job you're applying for and the things that they're looking for. Each resume can be different and there isn't always a generic format to follow. Once again though, it all depends. That's all I've got for you guys this week. I hope you enjoyed and I'll see you next week.